Today, the scripture passage has been about the feeding of the 5,000. It is a big deal kind of story. It's a big contrast kind of story. In the story, there seems to be almost no food, and then there is plenty of food. It sparks our imagination. How did they get from nothing to everything? It must have taken a miracle. So our first thought upon reading the story is that it is a miracle story, a really big miracle story. How else would 5,000 men, besides women and children, as the scripture puts it, be fed in a deserted place at a late hour? These things don't just happen. Something more must have been at work. Some force of nature or some expression of the divine. A miracle. But let's pause just a moment. I know it looks like a story about we have nothing that changes to a story about we have more than enough. And you don't get from nothing to more than enough by just wandering along the regular path. So miracle comes to mind. But let's pause just a moment and recognize that if all that we see in this story, indeed the driving force of it, is a miracle, then we have set ourselves up for a limited kind of questioning and a narrow kind of focus. If miracle is the only lens or even the primary lens through which we view this story, then the question that dominates our thinking will be this. What kind of miracle was it? Was the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000 plus, a miracle of food multiplied by some kind of divine conjuring? As if Jesus prays over five loaves and two fish and suddenly they have to hand out 5,000 loaves and 2,000 fish? Or was it a miracle of sharing? As if people actually already had the needed food in their bags and their pockets, but they just couldn't bring themselves to release it for the common good, to share it with their neighbors until Jesus' prayer created a miracle of release. Or was it the miracle of the leftovers? As if the more the people ate, the more the food seemed to multiply until the broken remainders were seemingly everywhere and could be gathered up into 12 baskets. You see, if the story is only framed as a miracle story, then our attention is on a very specific way of unfolding the story, something like this. People were hungry. Something happened to change the typical scarcity into surprising abundance, and all were fed. If this is only framed as a miracle story, then it is a story where the situation moves from nothing to everything. And the core idea then, at the heart of the story, is that we live in a world of scarcity. That would be our starting point 
and our prevailing reality. We live in a world of scarcity, but every once in a while, something or someone comes along who can change scarcity into abundance, and this change must be a miracle. Because abundance is the outlier. Abundance is the exception. The perception, then, is that scarcity is the rule and abundance is the exception. So to get from one to the other takes a miracle. But how about if we take a different angle? How about this? What if this story isn't inviting us to wonder how the people get fed, wondering about the details of the miracle that moves them from scarcity to abundance, so much as it is a story reminding us that the story of God's kingdom is already a story of abundance. And this feeding of the 5,000 isn't really a story about how the crowd got, got fed, so much as it is a story that celebrates how much the crowd gets fed. That is, it's not so much a miracle story as it is a feasting story. Not that there aren't miracles or there aren't miracle stories, but that this story is a story of feasting. From that perspective... The story of the feeding of the 5,000 is a story that breaks the assumption that scarcity is the default and abundance is the exception. And therefore, it is a story that encourages us to live generously with confidence. To provide enough for others around us and to share our abundance so that when we all push back from God's banquet table... It should be no surprise, no miracle, that there's still something extra for everyone to take away. Something to put into everyone's pocket for the long journey home. Because consider this, at the end of the scripture story for today, the place where the story lands is just exactly this, an affirmation of abundance. And all eight and were filled. Everyone, everyone had enough. In fact, everyone had more than enough. It wasn't just a carefully and cautiously planned picnic. It was a feast. There was more food and more food and more food, so much, in fact, that they had to gather the leftovers into baskets. We are talking about enough for another meal. We are talking about something that is enough for the whole family, everyone's whole family, to eat again. We are talking about each disciple, each tribe, with an extra share to share. I mean, you can read the story through the lens of miracle-making if you want to, but I want to at least raise the possibility that miracle-making is not the primary purpose of this story. And I think I can make a reasonable theological scriptural argument. 
Because first of all, the story doesn't have any of the attendant signs of a miracle story. That is to say, unlike most other miracle stories, there's no expression of amazement in this story. There's no expression of wonder. There's no warning to repent. There's no word proclaiming the exceptional. And there's no admonition by Jesus to say nothing at all so that the Messiah might not be revealed too soon, as is often the case in other miracle stories. There are none of the supporting signs that usually show up in miracle stories. Instead, what is written into the story is a kind of unsurprised normalcy. If you read the story straight up, you will notice that no one is amazed. No one's praising God for the unexpected. No one is running off to give testimony to the great and grand and completely unanticipated thing that has happened. Instead, everyone eats, and then when the disciple cleanup crew comes around, there are, of course, leftovers as is the case at every good feast. This is a meal where no one goes away hungry, and no one is surprised by that. And that's good news, that in the presence of Jesus, in the company of Jesus' followers, no one is hungry. But it's also good news to find out that scarcity isn't the default And abundance isn't the surprise. In the presence of Jesus and the company of the followers of Jesus, abundance isn't the exception, it's the expectation. And actually, my friends, that is not just good news, that is very good news. That the kingdom of God is most mightily revealed in places where there is rightfully expected abundance, generosity, and feasting where there is more than enough to go around, and where there are full and satisfied stomachs. The kingdom of God is revealed in the kind of meals where there is enough food for everyone, and then also plenty to carry away when the banquet ends. The realm of God is a place of generosity and justice, a place of invitation and acceptance. This kind of promise and reality, the promise and the reality of a realm where there is more than enough and more than enough, may actually be more compelling for many of us than any miracle story can ever be. Because unlike waiting for a miracle or hoping for some magic, we don't have to take a flying leap and hope that we will land on solid ground. We are already standing on solid ground. The solid ground is this, that God has provided enough, more than enough. After I was all grown up, And I had left home starting from the time I went off to college. And in the years that followed, I sat at my mother's dinner table only occasionally. But when I did, each time, when it was time to leave, 
time for me to head out the door, she would always send something with me. Something in a plastic container, something wrapped in foil, something on a plate covered with saran wrap, and it wasn't something small. Maybe she would send along a large serving of the casserole we had just had, or another piece of pie, or the rest of the pie, or a bowl of fruit salad, or all those things. I cannot remember a time when she didn't send me on my way or send me back to my own home with plenty of leftovers. And it was clear to me that the leftovers were her way of saying, here is something more to sustain you. Here is something from me, something extra. Here is something to feed the hunger that is yet to come. Here is a gift of love. And this was possible, this consistent sharing and generous sending of leftovers for two reasons. First, she always made way more food than she imagined we would need. And second, she always wanted to give me something for the sake of love. Feeding me was an act of love. Feeding me again was a reminder that love continues. And maybe that's what this story is about. The amazing and necessary task of feeding people and then feeding them again with compassion and generosity, with something extra. Such abundance is an expression of love, God's love for us and our love for each other. And all ate and were filled. Now, I know I've used that word a bunch of times already, the word abundance, but I'm not done with it yet. It's a great word, abundance. And on the heels of talking about my mother sending leftovers with me, I want to say this as well. We may not think of leftovers as something associated with abundance. Our first thought may be that abundance doesn't seem like something that can be tucked into Tupperware. But know this. If we have extra baskets or extra food or extra anything, then we have abundance. The good news in the scripture story isn't that five loaves and two fish are somehow turned into something more, that scarcity is finally swept aside by magic making. The good news is that in the kingdom of God, there always is and always has been more than we admitted or imagined. Scarcity is not the default. We already live in abundance. So actually we have enough food to feed our families and our friends and our neighbors and our unexpected guests and even the crowd spread across the grass in the deserted place. We already have enough to feed them until they are full and also to send them home with extra. And so it may be that one of our most important jobs as disciples is to be the best banquet hosts we can be. 
It may be that our job is to prepare the food and pass the serving dishes. It may be that our job is also to share the extras. And it may be that our job is to feed all those who hunger, to nourish people, body and soul, with all the food they need, and then give them something extra for the long journey ahead. Because maybe when Jesus said, feed my sheep, he really meant it. So today I want to say this to us. We have enough. We have more than enough. This time that we have shared together, that you and I have shared together this last 20 years, it's been a feast. It's been a feast. We have been fed. We have been nourished. We have had enough. More than enough. And even though it could be tempting to cast our eyes forward and wonder whether there will be enough in the future, whether there will be abundance in the future, the truth is that we don't live in a land of scarcity. We already have enough. We have enough resources. We have enough trusted relationships. We have enough attentiveness. We have enough talent. We have enough money. We have enough commitment. We have enough creativity. We have enough self-understanding. We have enough pulled pork and mac and cheese. We have enough super bouncy balls. We have enough musical ability and musical joy. We have enough leadership. We have enough delightful children and brilliant young people. We have enough wisdom from our elders. We have enough kindness. We have enough vision for justice and commitment to peace. We have enough solar panels. We have enough beautiful space in this building and outside this building. We have enough friendship. We have enough places to sit down beside each other. We have enough connections to the wider world. We have enough integrity. We have enough common sense. We have enough commitment to serving the community. We have enough relationship to the larger church. We have enough good memories. We have enough love that we will not go hungry. And even though I am going and you are staying, there will still be enough, more than enough. There will be times when we may be caught up in our worry and our reluctance, our struggle to trust, and our fear of coming up short All the things that made the disciples resist Jesus' instruction to feed the people there in the deserted place. But God knows we have enough and it will be okay. There is enough. Not just to keep us going, but to keep us nourished, sustained, filled with hope and hardiness. We live in abundance, and all ate and were filled. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.